Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 6th of February. This is your host, Justin Brown, and today I'm joined by producer Kobe Jackson and my co-host, Orlando Smart. We're ready and excited to have you back in the studios this Monday morning, and we got a great show for you today talking about Texas State basketball, women's and men's, San Marcos basketball, and Texas State track breaking records as usual. But before we get to all that, let's give it to Orlando from a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Orlando. So yeah, let's get right into Sunbelt basketball because it's been underway and two of these teams, Texas State teams, have been playing a little different. The men's basketball team facing some adversity while the women's basketball team doing really good. But let's talk about the men's basketball team first. They just lost by four points against Troy. That was an away game. And that team is seventh in Sunbelt, 19-4 and four overall. And they're eighth and two in conference. Um, I apologies. That, those are incorrect stats. They're seventh in Sunbelt Conference. They are not eight and two in conference. But yeah, they lost that game. It was an away game. But we see the Bobcats. I mean, they put up a good fight. Losing by four points is not a blowout basketball game. And we see the Bobcats. I mean, they really led in the efficiency in that second half. They outscored the Troy Trojans 40 to 23 in that second half. But guys, the Bobcats just fall short in this away game. And now this is going to be their their second away game and they're going to be playing Arkansas state next, but guys, what are your thoughts on this loss? I mean, to Troy, I mean, this is a rivalry game as itself. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to like Brett, you know, talk about, you know, talk them down, but I mean, it's just been one of those games where the level of inconsistency has really been showing. And like Justin, like you alluded to earlier, uh, you know, just a second ago, you know, they can have like a really awesome first half and, you know, have, you know, control of the lead. And then all of a sudden, Second half, just kind of, you know, I guess you could say second half adjustments were made for uh, for the Troy Trojans. But, I mean, Texas State, I mean, the Bobcats have been really trying to, you know, have a nice commanding lead. I think that's kind of the goal is trying to have a nice commanding lead so that way, you know, later on they can actually, uh, later on in the second half, they can actually finally, you know, kind of take control of the game. But honestly, that I think the game, that game plan is kind of, kind of shipped that, you know, sailed out. So now they got to really, you know, try to find a new game plan and try to uh, try to balance this offense a lot more because we've been seeing these, we've been seeing this these past few weeks. And honestly, I think it should be more, more of a variety and more complex offense for the Bobcats. Yeah, man, I think it was a, I think it was a pretty good game for like players like Mason Harrow's a really big bounce back game because I mean, last time I was here, he was he wasn't shooting that well from the field. He wasn't really doing much to get his team involved. But with twenty points, he was the leading scorer. And like you said, there were uh, second half adjustments that were made. So I think that's a big credit to Coach TJ because, like, if you look at the the box score, that the biggest thing that stands out to me is that the Bobcats in the first half they were they I mean the Trojans they shot seven for eleven from the three point line. They were shooting sixty four percent from the three-point line, and then in the second half, they were shooting 9% from the three-point line. They shot the same amount of shots. So 
I'm pretty sure it was a type of thing where they wanted to stick to their game plan. They were still running their same plays, just trying to do what was working. But the second half adjustments that Coach TJ made had the Bobcats in the right position to stop those same shots, to contest them, and just make it harder for them. And that's what that just that's what let them um, get back in that game. And it was actually, like y'all said, it was really close. Four point game is not a blowout by any means, especially no. when you're down by almost 20 at halftime. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big credit to the, just the fight and the resilience that the Bobcats have, and it just shows that they can they can fight with that adversity. Now they just need something that could just get them over that extra hump that way they can finish that game out and actually win it. Yeah, I mean, and it's good to see that Mason Harrell comes back in this one. You talk about his performance in this game. He had 20 points of himself. 11 of those points come in the second half, and he shot really good from the field. He shot four for seven from the three-point line. I mean, he's yeah. making his presence known on this court. They suffered for a while without him. He left that Marshall game early with an injury, and these past few games, you know, he's came back, but he wasn't playing as good. You saw him in that last game against Louisiana, only has 10 points. This one, he doubles that with 20, but you got to talk about Tyrell Morgan as well. I mean, Tyrell Morgan doing a lot for this team. I mean, he's a new player, a new addition to this team. And also, you got to talk about Nate Martins. He has uh, double-digit points, and he also had – he almost got to double-digit points. He had nine, and he had seven rebounds, and that was the game high. So he's almost getting a double-double of his own. So this Bobcat basketball team, they have the personnel to get these wins. They just need to get that chemistry going and Mm -hmm. get out of this injury adversity they've had recently and turn this around. Um and they're planning on turning around. Their next game is against Arkansas State Red Wolves. This team is 1-8 and eight in Sunbelt Conference. They're dead last in Sunbelt Conference standings. So the Bobcats, this is an opportunity for them to turn around their season and get some more conference wins on their belt. And as I mentioned earlier, this loss to Troy Trojans, the Troy Trojans record now is 14-11 and 6-6 six and six in conference play. So that is the Troy Trojan standings. But yes, the next game will be against the Arkansas State Red Wolves. That will be an away game on Thursday, February 9th. On, at 7 p.m., that will be on ESPN Plus and here on KTSW 89.9. Now let's take a transition to another Texas State basketball team, and that's the women's team. And the women's team comes back and gets a good win here against, my apologies, yeah, against the ULM Warhawks, yeah, and it was a blowout win. I'm talking a 74-56 to 56 win against the ULM Warhawks on Saturday, February 4th. Guys, a big win for the Bobcats. You know, they had a very tough loss against Troy, and they turned this around here with the blowout. What are you guys' thoughts on this offensive performance from the Bobcats? So the the two players that stand out to me the most are Denasia Hood, another double-double for her. She had 18 and 10. But Kennedy Taylor, so she was 7 for 7 from the free throw line. That's huge, in my opinion, because that just shows that she's showing an aggressiveness to drive to the lane, and then once she gets to the line, she's knocking down her shots, and that's huge. Those are free points. And making those, that just gives those just the extra points from the line without the clock running gives us the the um that that's what helped the Bobcats build a lead. And so those two players really, they were the ones that I feel like went on to help us win this, help the Bobcats win this game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's a good bounce back win for uh, the Bobcats because I know that tough loss to Troy, like you know, we were kind of talking about before we went on air, is that you know they made a lot of Troy made a lot of adjustments, and now you know them facing uh, ULM, it's 
it's better for them to to finally get their groove back because they have another big time conf- uh, conference opponent coming up, which I know you'll Justin you'll discuss in a minute. But the one the two players I got to mention for ULM is Caitlin Man- uh, Manuel and Bree Sutton. They actually played 35 minutes both a piece in the whole game. So I guess you could say that was kind of you know you you could say they're star players on the, on that uh, ULM team. Uh, but Manuel for, for with 14 points and then Sutton with 13. So I mean. They had a chance to, you know, possibly, uh, you know, to possibly keep up with the Bobcats, but the Bobcats, unfortunately, like, you know, Orlando, like you said, Denasia Hood and Kennedy Taylor were both outstanding uh, Saturday. So, I mean, that's that's a this is a good win for the Bobcats. I hope that they can now kind of capitalize on it and try to prepare for, you know, the mistakes that they made against ULM and kind of make that adjustment against their next uh, Sunbelt Conference rival. Yeah, we'd love for them to, see, you know, have the same adjustments in this next game. You look at this one, they they held the ULM Warhawks only one for nine in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's extremely well defense. Now the Bobcats are tied for second place with an eight and four conference record, and they're also tied with James Madison, Southern Miss, and Louisiana. And Southern Miss is going to be their next opponent. This is going to be an away game for the Bobcats. They'll be playing against Southern Miss. They're both tied for first place. I mean, second place in Sunbelt Conference. It's going to be a big game, Absolutely. and you expect to see some big performances from Denasia Hood. Dropped a double double in this one. Wouldn't be surprised to see her do that again. And fun fact: fun fact about Southern Miss is that um, that is actually one of the like oldest arenas and stuff in in call in college basketball because i know um uh clint shields alluded to it kind of earlier and stuff when tech state for the men played uh played them earlier is that they you know that's one of the like oldest uh one of the oldest arenas in college in college basketball so i mean you know it's kind of i think that's kind of cool but i know the bobcats want to kind of come in there and kind of take over in their house yeah i i know they do for sure um, so yes, the Bobcats now are 12 and three at home. This 12th win is their most victories in a home season since 2007, 2008. They're on a nine game win streak against ULM. So we'll see if ULM can stop that next time. But yes, the Texas State Bobcats will be playing Southern Miss February 9th. That's Thursday at 5 p.m. And you can catch that one on ESPN plus. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere on the other side of it. We're going to be talking about Daniel Harrell breaking Texas State track records as usual. Rattler basketball team on a 26 game win streak and more. So don't go anywhere. You listen to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio in the studio with me. I have my wonderful producer, Kobe Jackson, my great co-host, Orlando Smart. And this is your host, Justin Brown. But let's get right into it with Texas State track, as I mentioned before the break. Daniel Harold, this past weekend at the New Mexico Collegiate Classic, Daniel Harold ran the 60-meter hurdle and set another school record with a 7.75. And, you know, it's hilarious. The last record that was held was by himself. Daniel Harold also <laughs> set the last record at the Red Raider Open on the previous weekend a week ago, and he had the 60-meter hurdle record with a 7.8. Now he breaks it with a 7. Point seven five finish and we also saw really great performances from Dominic Yancey who set program best in the men's indoor 200 and we had Cedricia win do the same for the women's indoor 200 guys what are your thoughts on this dominant track team I mean they're a division one track team but they're going up against really big SEC schools at these conventions at these invitationals they're yeah, playing against teams absolutely. like UT U of H mm-hmm. Texas Tech Guys, what are your thoughts on Daniel Harrell being able to break his own record two weeks in a row? I mean, like you said, when you're breaking your own records, it's, I mean, you're not even competing against the other schools. No, you're competing no. against yourself <laughs> at this point. That's that's gigantic for this program. We've needed, they've needed pl- people who can set themselves apart like this. I mean, he he's right, Daniel Harrell's right around that time. He also ran it in a 779, so his... 
his personal bests are right around there. This record is is gonna is it's only his to break at this point. He can he just needs to keep it up. And then like you said, Wynn also set some of the top times in school history. She ran an eight two six in the women's sixty meters. So we have the Bobcats have a lot of track athletes out there that are really doing well right now. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of I know we talked about you know track last year how you know Dominic Ganty and, and Alyssa Wilson uh, was doing their main thing, but obviously Harold is trying to I guess you could say becoming them too that completely dominated in their in their event. But I mean. You know, track is. I mean, people say that track has is like the in the lower end of the sport. I consider it on the upper end because there's so many amazing athletes. You know that have competed, like Usain Bolt, for example, who is you know probably one of the best track athletes to ever to ever run. And um, you know, I've always I've always loved watching track because obviously you know Texas relays is a, a, eventually a big deal, especially in the state of Texas for uh, Texas records and possibly world records sometimes. So, uh, but I mean. This track team is on pace for possibly another amazing season like they had last year. So, I mean, if they can keep, you know, breaking their own, if people can keep breaking their own records and, you know, you know, eventually trying to, uh, trying to maybe even break a world record, which would be outstanding. Cause I know we had one last year that was a long, long record that was broken, uh, for, you know, from years past. But I mean, if, if they can continue like this, I mean, this we may talk, we may talk about, you know, NCAA championships for, uh, for Texas state. Yeah, you know, many people forget Charles Austin, you know, the Olympic gold medalist yes, came from Texas State. So track is in Texas State's legacy here. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of these players touching these all-time records. Cedricia wins 60-meter dash. She got that done in the third fastest school history time with 738. You also see Daniel Herod, I mentioned, he already had that school record. And then we have Cedricia wins 8.26. That was the second fastest in school history. And then we have Cedricia's women's 60-meter without hurdles. That was the third fastest in school history so yeah just really amazing performances by all these track teams yes Orlando and then another thing I want to say is not only do we have not only do the Bobcats have individuals that are doing well the 4x4 relay team is also doing amazing they had the group consisting it's Dominic Yancey Brian West Tahir Kelly Avery Vish I hope I'm saying that correctly they they just ran the second um, fastest time in school history so it's like like I said earlier, I mean, even not only individuals, the team, the relay teams are also doing amazing. So I want to give them a shout out as well. Yeah, 100 percent. It's not an individual sport. This is a track team and they're really all showing up together with the same chemistry and the same mindset. They're here to break records. And that is going to be the case. I mean, they're going to be playing their next game. I mean, their next track meet will be February 10th and 11th. That's the Howie Ryan Invitational at the University of Houston in Houston. So if you're in Houston, go support the Texas State Bobcats as they try to break more records. Now, one record that I think has already been broken, and it's not been stopping anytime soon, and that's the (laughs) win record for the San Marcos Rattler Boys basketball team, who are currently on a 26-game win streak, and they're undefeated in district play after they come off a huge win, an away win, 51-38 against Clemens. Guys, this basketball team only has three games left in their season play. They're playing against Judson this Tuesday at 7 p.m., They'll be playing against New Braunfels this Friday and then East Central next Tuesday. But, guys, what are they going to have to do these final three games that they want to maintain this win streak going into playoffs? They're number six in the state right now, and this performance is going to put them very good seeding in playoffs. Guys, what are they going to have to do to win these final three games? I mean, they're just going to have to keep up doing what they've been doing, and it's not going to be easy. They, no. Like you said, they have Judson coming up, and then their last game against Judson, they won by two points. So these, it's not like they are – like they while they do have their blowout wins, it's not like they're – they're just 
dominating every single team out there. They're having to work for these wins. And so this this game coming up is going to be huge. And then after that, they have New Braunfels, who is their only loss in district, has been to San Marcos. So, like I said, these teams coming up, right? they have a – they're, they are they're also fighting for that district championship because another like I said it's not over another um New Braunfels they're only one loss being the San Marcos if they can San Marcos drops a couple games they could still win district so San Marcos they really have to grind and fight these last few wins out because these teams are coming for them they have a target on their head for sure yeah 100 percent. and I've you know like I said me being a San Marcos native I've been you know enjoying watching this basketball team because I know last year in the playoffs that you know one missed free throw really kind of solidified their season I think the Rattlers you know have kept that in their mind throughout the whole season and they were like hey you know we can get farther in playoffs as long as we do and fix you know the fundamental things and I know free throws have kind of been kind of the main story of this season but honestly as long as you're scoring points and playing defense that's all really that matters here but I mean the uh, the Rattlers have been insanely great um, you know greatness to, uh, this year I know Dan Miller has been talking to his guys about you know controlling you know going to class and then obviously controlling you know practice and unfortunately and eventually playing playing games so uh you know kudos to Dan Miller for you know all that he's done so far this year and hopefully he has more more success because you know this Rattler team has been you know, just focused. They've been dialing all year. Obviously, 26 wins in a row means a lot. And then obviously undefeated in district. Being in a new district as well, I mean, this this is by far, one, you know, a, a big adjustment for the Rattlers. And hopefully they can continue that a lot more as the, as the next few weeks go by. Yes, they're in a new district and they got a lot of new enemies. And they have a target on their head. And I think, you know, Judson is the team that got the closest to beating this team. They have not lost a game since November. And we talk about the last time they met Judson. It was a 68-66 to 66 win by the Bobcats. And I believe that came off of a, I think... A, Rattlers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Why did I say Rattlers? Uh, sorry for saying Bobcats. Rattlers. Um, it was a two-point win for the Rattlers. And I think that one came off of a layup, bu- I mean, a shot, a game-winning buzzer beater, if I'm correct. Yes. Um, so, you know, it was a very you close game. that game. Yeah, we called that game. So, I mean... You know, this is going to be a really close matchup. Judson definitely is going to look at the adjustments they made that one game and try to build upon them. And they're going to be playing against, you know, the Rattlers Tuesday. That's February 7th at 7 p.m. That game will be on KTSW 89.9. Tune in around 6.50 or 6.45 for the pregame on that one. But, yes, San Marcos Rattlers looking to contend their win streak as they play against the Judson Rockets. But, guys, we're going to zoom out of the San Marcos and, you know, Kyle area or <laughs> what, what what county is this is this is this Hayes this is County, Hayes county. Right? yeah yes. Hayes County we're out of Hayes County guys we're going to zoom into Dallas because something happened in Dallas recently and no it's not the Cowboys winning anything I'm sorry Orlando didn't mean to say that but um it's the Dallas Mavericks and they just might have had one of the best trades in the entire 2022-23 season and that is Kyrie Irving from the Brooklyn Nets, that young guard who is averaging over almost 30 points a game. He's going to the Mavs now after the Mavs traded away Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, one first-round pick and multiple second-round picks. Guys, this trade is moment. It is, it is massive. How is this going to change the Dallas Mavericks? Will Luka Doncic win a championship finally? Is this the piece he was missing? I mean, this guy is averaging almost a triple-double. He's doing things that have never been done before in the NBA. NBA. He had a 70, I think, no, a 68-point triple-double. 68, yes. So, yes, guys, what are your thoughts on Kyrie Irving going to the Mavs, and how did Mark Cuban even get him there? I mean, I think 
to be honest with you, I'm I was more surprised that he even went to Dallas because honestly, I thought he was going to go somewhere else other than obviously. Yeah, other. they were talking L.A. They were thinking yeah, he's going to go play were, with LeBron, LeBron or the Clippers. Yeah, and, or the Clippers. Yeah. So, but I mean, I think I think Kyrie Irving is now realizing that you know all the media that goes into Brooklyn really kind of you know, ex- I wouldn't say exposed, but kind of really took his mind off of basketball a lot. And honestly, I think that's kind of been a big deal because I know. You know, Kyrie Irving has been, you know, all over the media and stuff with his, you know, obviously with, you know, him not playing and uh, all his other stuff that goes on in his life. But, I mean, I think he's trying to get away from all that. And at the same time, he misses the game of basketball a lot. And honestly, I think it will help Luka Doncic a lot more because, you know, Luka, obviously, I think he's my he's my MVP this year so far. I mean, unless, you know, God forbid he gets injured, knock on wood. But, um I, I think that will take a lot of pressure off of Luca, especially, and obviously adding Kyrie Irving, uh, adding Kyrie Kyrie Irving, excuse me, would make a huge difference in the Dallas Maverick offense because you know Kyrie Irving is one of the one of one of those scores that will get you a bucket when needed. And same you know same with Luca as well. So I mean I I really like this trade and it I don't say it makes a lot of sense because you know it takes pressure off of Luca. He doesn't have to go you know, hard every game. Well, I mean, he goes hard every game, but I mean, it'll take a lot of, you know, take him a lot off pressure if, you know, if he has, you know, another scoring do uh, another scoring partner like Kyrie Irving to kind of help him out in, um, help him out on the court. See, I, 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 while I am a fan of Kyrie, I think, I don't know how much it'll work with the Mavericks. I don't know if that's what the Mavericks needed right now. While they, I do agree they needed someone to take that pressure off Luka, which Kyrie can do, they need someone who can also play defense. And so yeah, at this point, true. like, who's going to – well, it's the question – I know the question everyone is asking is, oh, my God, who's going to be able to guard Kyrie and Luka Doncic? Well, it's like, well, who are Kyrie and Luka Doncic going to guard? Because <laughs> they don't really play that much defense. Dorian Finney-Smith Finney was involved in the trade. He's one of the defensive guys that the Mavericks had. So I just think that – I mean, while I, I, I do believe it does have a chance to work, I just think, when, especially when it gets down to playoffs, you're going to be able to need guys who can go out and get that stop just as much as you're going to need guys who can score the basketball. So we'll see how it works. I mean, it definitely, like I said, it has potential. And when, like, like talking to, speaking of the Lakers, I think that I, I saw reports that the that the Nets owner didn't want to make that trade with the Lakers. I don't I don't know why. I don't know what the bad blood there is, though, but... I would have preferred him to go to the Lakers. I mean, as a LeBron fan, I think that uh, I would have been the reunion there would have been nice. Um, I still think they can make it work with Russell Westbrook, though. That's that's just another story. But I think the, the Mavericks they definitely have, they're definitely a team to beat in the West. They made themselves a team to beat in the West. They just have to find some defense in their games and then they'll def if they can if they can go out there and guard people just as much as they can score uh, they'll definitely be a scary team there you know i completely agree but you you have to think about this flashback two years beforehand you think when the the, the trio of james harden kevin durant kyrie irving mixed up every nba fan believed oh my god the nba is going to be ran for the next two years <laughs> no kidding. what what happened nothing happened and now you see a duo between we just had kevin durant and kyrie irving on the court literally just a few weeks ago playing together and many people weren't considering them a really explosive duo so now you have kyrie going away from kd and now the nets are just a kd ran show now guys and they're gonna have to play with now kyrie's gonna have to play with the mavericks and personally i don't think kyrie really cares 
what the, the GM of the Nets said about that trade, I believe he wasn't going to go to the Lakers anyway because the Lakers right now are not a winning team. No, they're not. And I think Kyrie really wants to get those wins. Now, the issue that is going to come out of this, and this is what I believe is, I think what wins a championship really well are young role players yes. that are able to abide to what they need in a floor. They, they listen to their floor leader. Luka Doncic is the floor leader on this team. Absolutely. Kyrie Irving has a huge personality, has a lot of issues with being on the court, and he needs that ball. He's an isolation basketball player, so it's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to do this. I think Mark Cuban is just going for it at this point. He knows he has Luka Doncic, a very valuable piece in this NBA, and he could leave if he doesn't get any success in the postseason, so it's going to be interesting to see if Kyrie Irving can help them with that, because I truthfully believe he's an offensive guy, not really a defensive guy. Any final thoughts on this before we transition? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I was talking to my dad and my brother about it when as soon as it happened, and uh, my dad was saying that he thinks it's going to stunt Luca's like, progression in, in a way just because Kyrie is a guy who needs the ball in his hand, and to score a 68-point triple-double, you need the ball in your hand. So it's like <laughs> the, these two guys are going to – if they're really going to have to find a chemistry and a way to make this work for it to work, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, these both these players have been have led in this season in points per game. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they can do it um, and see if they can both handle this rock together. I know Luka Doncic has one of the highest usage rates of any NBA player in the league right now, has the highest isolations per game than any individual player right now. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to do it together. I think really Kyrie Irving might take a step back in this position. Maybe he's starting to realize he's getting old and he's going <laughs> to stop holding the ball. But I completely doubt it. But someone that's not getting old, someone that's not giving up the rock, and no one's telling him to give up the rock, his name is LeBron James. LeBron James has been in this league so long now, it's his 19th season, and he is only 36 points away from passing the all-time NBA scoring record, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Guys, this next game is against the OKC Thunder. LeBron James against the OKC Thunder. If no one knows about the OKC Thunder, they are currently... I will tell you their seating right now. They are currently, the Thunder are 12th in the West, and the Lakers are 13th in the West. So this is actually could be a close matchup. But do you think LeBron will go out and score 36 points in this next game to pass all-time scoring record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I don't think he will. I think the, the game after that will be against the Milwaukee Bucks, which uh, – like we spoke on it last time I was here, that's a team that Kareem played for. It's a Giannis placement, so it's a big market. So it's going to be nationally televised, even though I think they said they're going to be nationally televised in all the games coming up just because. But everyone would be watching this game anyway just because it's such a good matchup. So I feel like just he can't, while well, he does have the ability to score 36 points, unless they like need that for him to win, for them to win the game, I don't see him going out there and doing that. Um, so I just think. He knows what he's doing. He's a very meticulous, very precise person. So when it comes to the speculation of it all, he definitely wants all eyes to be on him, which they would be anyway, but just the added bonus of Giannis, Antetokounmpo, Kareem playing for the Bucks at one point, I think that's the game it'll be. Yeah, and, and one thing to know is that, you know, I know we've been talking about how you know, LeBron, you know, has had his moments where – People are like, what is he doing? Like, what? Like, why this? Why that? But people really don't understand how amazingly great LeBron James is, especially if you've watched him throughout his whole career, like, you know, like myself, because I remember when he was, you know, young and he was just doing these crazy things that honestly, I think I, I didn't think I would ever see. Uh, but I mean, 
I don't think he'll pass it against OKC. I think it would be more fitting if he did it against Milwaukee because, like you said, you know, Kareem played for Milwaukee. And honestly, I think that would be better fitting for maybe, like, the next generation of, you know, NBA talent because I know, you know, Giannis is going to be in the league for quite a while, I, I think, if he, you know, he, if he can stay healthy. And, um, you know, it's 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 just cool to see. It's just cool to see. And honestly, I, I can't wait for the moment to happen because now I can actually say that I've actually, I mean, maybe besides Kobe Bryant, I can actually say that I've watched a player, you know, fully transcended his whole career, you know, from start to whenever, like, he finishes. And honestly, that's, that, that's a big deal if you're a longtime basketball fan. 100% a big deal. And I, I believe with y'all, I don't think he's going to be able to do it in OKC unless they really require him to. This OKC team could be pretty easy to beat with some other personnel. So it'll be interesting to see. But looking at LeBron's last four games he's played, he had 27 points against the Pelicans, 26 against the Pacers, 28 against the Knicks, and 41 against the Celtics. This man is 40 years old. <laughs> and he is doing that. I don't think people would like to talk a bunch about that. Of 20 year olds. This is a 40 year old. This is, imagine you're at the hardcore in uncle is dunking on your head right now like, this is exactly what this man's doing and oh, it's literally to the point where he's played against players that like when he was younger in the league he's played against the player and then that player had a son who grew up to make the nba and, and now, now lebron's LeBron. currently like playing against him it's yeah insane. we saw jabari smith jr he went he went up to him and said hey uh you played against my dad by the way in your first <laughs> nba game yeah he was like really that's just wild but guys we're out of time here for today so we're gonna send it to kobe jackson with the weather and we'll get y'all out of here yeah so right now as you can see the sun is currently shining on this bright state of texas it's currently 67 degrees it was a low of 55 this morning it's gonna be a high of 75 uh, later on today. Uh, but tomorrow's forecast, we're expecting 50% chance of rain. It's going to be a high of 75 and then a load of 60 with 50% chance of precipitation. So, I mean, if you guys are going to class tomorrow, make sure to bring an umbrella if needed. But, I mean, so far I'm glad, you know, the cold is, is gone for now at least and, you know, the sun is shining in the state of Texas. Yeah, you never know with Texas Kobe. It could be, you know, cold tomorrow. Who knows? The Texas is very <laughs> unpredictable. But, guys, that's our time for today. Make sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us on KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. For Orlando Smart and Kobe Jackson, this was Justin Brown. Thank you for listening to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. We hope to have you tune in again next time, the same time Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day, and now let's get you back to the other side of radio.